welcome back to the podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Kayleen. And together we are Entrepreneurs. A podcast about two gay idiots owning and operating a business in the midst of end stage capitalism. Welcome back. We figured out what season we're on. It is nine, which was a guess. That's wild. It could be seven, could be eight, could be nine. I really didn't think it was nine, but I didn't think it was seven. (laughs) So I think, well, let's just call this season season eight, part two. (laughs) (laughs) It's an extra long season for some reason. Because it's our show and not yours. Uh, do you ever watch that on with Katya yes. and Trick? Yeah, I get a lot of show, I get a lot yeah, of clips of it randomly. It's fun. I used to watch it. Um, I know that there was like some gaps in the seasons because, uh, sweet Katya. <laughs> There's a reason she's so funny. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so speaking of funniness and trauma. Uh, it's eclipse season. Hey. <laughs> um, if Would you like here, to go to the yeah. moon? Yeah. If you're new here, we absolutely love eclipses. Um, it's just like such a such a ripe and chaotic time of the year. And I think really, I feel like anything can happen. Like, like I, we've sent out a newsletter before about like the vibe, like how to harness the energy of an eclipse. So, three rules: there are no rules. <laughs> Anything can happen. Uh, rule number two: your words are extra powerful at this time. Um, and then be careful three, with them. <laughs> be careful three, how you wield them. Just ride the wave. Ride the roller coaster. It's literally a roller coaster. Like. It just feels so surreal, and it's just like wham, bam. You know, it's it can be a very heartbreaking time, but also a very powerful time. I, okay, I don't. I sometimes I wonder if I misplace credit where credit is due because I have been shouting online about how powerful and potent eclipses are, and how that we can handle that energy because a lot of like for a while the the online rhetoric was like don't manifest on eclipses just let it happen to you and i'm just kind of like fuck that like this do is whatever the fuck stage, you want yeah this is end don't stage dictate capitalism. don't dictate my relationship to the moon <laughs> i know you like channy but i know one time channy said like don't look at the eclipse and i was like this bitch i have never been able to like listen to the astrology because she said don't look at the eclipse and like everybody knows she's got the eclipse without protective eyewear duh she's gotten uh out of touch i think i used to like her like a while ago but i feel like fame has made her um unrealistic yeah and i think also she um she was one of the ogs i cannot I cannot like doubt that. Like credit where credit is due. Chani is she really like put it on the map. But right. what the other Astro girlies have done since, good for them. Um and honestly good for Chani. She made her bag. But like I it's just yeah. ever since she that's how much I love eclipses. She said, Don't look at an eclipse. And I was like, I saw a solar eclipse one time in 2017. It changed my life. I was literally physically ill the next day. I had a fever for no reason. Like, that's some wild – it was a full solar eclipse. It was incredible. 
Um, I'm going on a tangent. Okay. Eclipses. So on TikTok, now Kayleen, because Kayleen is like off, off, off social, off like TikTok for what, like six months or something at this point? Yeah. It was like in the spring. Yeah. She is doing great. I'm really proud of her. I'm, love, yeah, I've been I off TikTok for a good chunk of this year, and I'm off um, Instagram and Facebook. They're not on my phone anymore. Yeah. And Twitter. Um, so, now, the rhetoric I'm seeing on TikTok are people are, like, manifest during their eclipses, and they're saying that they're changing the opinion on it. They're just like, they're like, a year ago, you would have never caught me saying this, but, like, I just understand that we're the creator of our own reality, and if you trust yourself with that power, then you can trust yourself with the power of an eclipse. And I'm like, I've been saying, and I don't want to know, I don't know if I'm completely responsible, but I do know that I contributed a lot to the eclipse conversation. Because I feel like for a while there, I was the only one that was just like, no, bitch, you can handle it. You wouldn't be here if you can't. Like, this is, like, the most powerful energy um yeah i feel like your like body and intuition will lead you where it's supposed to go because mm -hmm. there have been lunar events that i just you know have straight up fallen asleep through like mm -hmm. everybody says it's like this big powerful thing and my body says nap time and so i'm like okay i guess that one wasn't for me or maybe it um, was maybe that's exactly what you needed or yeah maybe i needed to maybe i needed to just uh to just like pass out that's fine mm -hmm. um so right now for me uh to get a little personal i'm not gonna get super personal because y'all don't know me like that i love you guys but like i just i can't i can't let you know all of my secrets you know enough honestly if you listen to this podcast you know enough about me um but some stuff that this like eclipse energy has been bringing into my life has been a, I started the 75 hard, um, which if you don't know what that is, it's a complete like dude bro workout thing. Yeah. Um, you like work out twice a day. You choose a diet. You stick to it and you drink like a gallon of water and drink 10 pages. You read 10 pages. I think that's it. Um, I don't do know. It. A lot of it's like close enough to like what I. I think you're supposed to like track your. You're supposed to weigh it or take photos every day or something. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. Um <laughs> Well, I think it's also, like, I don't really care. Like, I know I'm about to get, like, fucking, you know, I'm cutting sugar and, re like, refined carbs, you know? Like, I know I'm about to get fucking, ugh, I don't care, you know? But also, it's been, like, a week and a half without sugar, almost. Maybe a little under. Maybe tomorrow's a week and a half. But, like, that shit, wow. Like, cutting refined sugar, like, I hate to sound like one of those people, but, like, it literally changes your thoughts. It, like you think differently you evaluate things differently I feel like I have a sugar issue um and so I didn't have sugar for like six months in 2021 and like Kayleen can vouch like I would eat like fucking Oreo cookies for my dinner like I oh yeah I love sugar I kind of like oh if Anna's over if there are any like sweets that I really want to save for myself I have to hide them yeah it's true you just yeah it's just who I'm you are. I'm a cookie monster. So, yeah. like, sugar has let such an effect. But so I've been kind of, like, evaluating relationships. And I feel like I've been having very, like, prophetic dreams 
um, evaluating relationships, evaluating different kinds of, you know, uh, what is serving me and I'm, I'm cutting it just like the sugar, um, you know, and I also want to invite, cause I think eclipse energy can definitely be very like, all right, you sink or swim, you want this or not. Um, so if you're like evaluating something, zoom tight by love. Thank you. Uh, if you're like evaluating whether or not like a relationship is for you, just also remember it doesn't have to be forever. Right? Like the hard 75, it's 75 days. It's two and a half months. It's not even a whole quarter. Like it is, you can just fucking do it. And then you can decide how you feel about it later. Just give yourself some some time. So I feel very like rejuvenated because I've really had a hard time uh, ever since like the car accident. And I'm feeling like more in my body than I have yeah. for the past few months. Um and I feel like, yeah, this, like, diet change and stuff like that is really, really making a change. So, yeah, um, that's how my Eclipse shit has been going. So, yeah. Um, so it's coming up on the ne- Saturday, no Eclipse, and then Saturday. So the 14th. So this will come out, um, and it'll be – we've had already had – this will come out in between the two Eclipses. Um, so the one on Saturday is Libra. And then the one on uh, the 29th or the 28th, it's 28th. So the Halloween weekend, which is that's just going to be bonkers, I think. Uh, that one's in Taurus. Fuck it up. Um, yeah. Shall we do uh, some tarot time? I suppose so. I am interested. I'm interested to see what this is going to be because I'm in a weird fucking headspace right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. She's got mumbo jumbo fingers. What is what is mama gonna give to us? Oh, that just fell out. Okay, well, king of pentacles. I think I like mama. I like <laughs> mama. I, I think, yeah, that's fine. I guess I just need to fucking man up. <laughs> I love how low-key... Kayleen takes these readings for herself. <laughs> I mean, we have to. It's for us and the collective. Yeah. I mean, you are pretty king of pentacles, I think. Yeah, I guess. I, I, you always, you're the only person I know that gets, like, disappointed at the royalty cards. You're like, oh, the queen of wands. Guess I have to do shit. Like, <laughs> most people are like, oh, my God, queen of wands. Yes. And you're just like. Ugh, hurting the cattle with the, my stick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> Tell us about the God. King of Pentacles, Kayleen. King of Pentacles. So the Pentacles are earth. They are material goods. They are money. They are um, our homes. They are... Yeah, the the king of pentacles is the master of his domain. Um it's about I feel like the king of pentacles is also like a if you have to like categorize all the kings, the king of pentacles is the king most likely to like open his doors uh to his people and like share a feast. Um he's not go- he's the he's he's all about like domesticity and warmth. Um and uh, 
isn't he's very secure in his wealth and position so it's not easily threatened or intimidated by like threats of scarcity yeah i think that's a good good way to put it i always think of the king of pentacles as like kind of boring but like yeah he's got um yeah it's like the boring he's got like dad energy not dad like a good dad yeah yeah, dad like he's got he's just like he like shows up and he goes to work and he does the thing and he provides and it's like stability and is boring (laughs) but um it's what like helps us lead like create a foundation on which to build like a like a prosperous life so Mm -hmm. that's okay i think it's very 75 hard it's like you just show up and you do the thing yeah it's like very stoic i think it's just kind of like one foot after the other it's not going to like you know yeah propel things it doesn't have to look flashy it doesn't have to, you know, it's just, it doesn't need to necessarily be super charismatic. You kind of just have to, you just got to k- keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like also like with the magician and the king of pentacles, that's just like a, I, to me, this is very like think big energy, uh, make big moves, have patience with yourself too. Uh, the King of Pentacles, I feel like the Pentacle suits in general is just not that rushed. Like, the Pentacles moves in certainty. The Pentacles knows it's there. The Pentacles is the earth, right? Like, it is the harvest. Um, and, like, coming off the Magician, where it's just like, oh, we're going to create from these elements that the Fool had in his gunny sack. You, Whatever you're creating with that Magician energy, like, the King is holding you. Like, in this feast yeah. almost. Like, yeah. it's very fortuitous, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I think these yeah. are some of the most, like, fortuitous also very, cards you could think of. Like, very together. strong masculine energy on both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Very secure masculine energy, I think. Yeah. This card is also really good about where, what we're talking about today. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. Um, yeah. we're talking about like stoicism kind of and but in terms of phone usage and honestly like I phone addiction right like yeah. I feel like we like to stay away from that that addiction word but it's just like it is what it is and if you ask most people if they have phone addiction they'd say yes um so Kayleen has really recently taken some really big steps and we talked about a little bit of it, like, last episode, but I want to have a full episode dedicated to kind of, like, both of our processes with this. So if we could even start, Kayleen, like, when did you first get in? Because I know you started Instagram with, like, bullet journal. Yeah, I mean, before. I started, I think I started my Instagram in, like, 2010, 2011. Wow. Like, very early days of Instagram. And I was on Facebook in like 2005 when you still needed a like a, a .edu wow. email to log on. Um, so I have always been like an early adopter, I would say, of like news. I was like on I was on Twitter in very early days as well. Um, yeah, I just always felt like I was like it's very 
early adopter for tech and social media and like I've always been uh very easily immersed in like the internet I remember I like when most of my classmates didn't have a home computer I was grounded from my laptop because I was spending so much time reading fan fiction that I was getting bad grades yeah because your dad is like he was like a my dad's a tech guy yeah 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 my dad my dad was like my dad majored in like computer sciences in like night the early 1980s like Mm -hmm. he was a very he was very much on the cutting edge of technology and computer sciences and he was um, this is a weird question but you do you know what like drew your dad to that i don't i don't know if i've ever asked him because that's i know that that's not originally what he went to college for but i wonder Mm -hmm. what he i can't i can't remember the backstory i'm always really interested in early tech people because i just feel like yeah they had no they had an idea, right? But my like, dad was always brilliant, though. Like that's all—all all of the like family stories about my dad were about what a like prodigy, but like low ambition he was. Like it—it's like a running joke in my family about how my dad like infuriated all of his high school teachers because he got straight A's, but was always just obviously stoned all the time. Hmm. Just. But he was just that guy. He was just, like, really bright and clever. And the only class he ever failed was, like, was shop. <laughs> like, wood shop. Oh, wood shop. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. He was always kind of, yeah, he, he, we had a computer in my house as long as I could remember. Which, like, it, it doesn't sound like much to, you know, Gen Z, but for, like, our generation, that was, you know, you could get access to like a computer at school but most people didn't have them at mm-hmm. home um and so yeah I've always had a kind of contentious relationship I always felt like I, I was very drawn to like the community aspect of the internet I think mm-hmm. um and making friends online I've made some amazing friends through social media and the internet and like live journal back in the day um but yeah I I even if you go back to the very first episode of this podcast um, we talk about our relationships to our phones and I'm very much like, I don't have any desire to limit my phone usage because anytime I try to do that, it just stresses me out and makes me feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And that was the case for a long time. I was always just like, you know what? I can like, I, I, if I cut myself off from it, it'll be, it'll feel worse. And now I'm, I, there was a point, I think, Honestly, the first time I deleted TikTok last year was when the hurricane hit Florida, the one that, like, you escaped from. Yeah. Uh, Because I kept getting TikToks of people who were, like, trapped in their houses that were flooding, and it was bringing back a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. trauma from, (laughs) I don't know, just one, like, living in New Orleans, but also, like, like, surviving and living through the aftermath of a hurricane myself. Mm -hmm. Uh... And so I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And so I deleted it for a while and then work got, and then I noticed how much more productive I was. And so I didn't re-download it until like busy season at work was over. And then it was very quick to just fall back into the pattern. And, uh, at some point this spring as work was getting busy again, I was like, I literally can't have this distraction. Like it is impeding 
like who I want to be <laughs> and right. how I want to show up in my life. So I've got it's got to go. Yeah. But you were um, using it so before like the TikTok. You, yeah. That TikTok. You were using social media like you had like a workout account and then like uh-huh. a planning account. And like you had It was all the same account. It was the same yeah. one. That was the same yeah. time. This is pre-Kayleen yeah. cuz I didn't know you. I knew you in like a yeah. workout girl. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I but I would be in like planning I would be in like um bullet journal and planning groups on Facebook in like big communities. Uh, and I made a lot of friends that way. And on Instagram, um, where you'd like post pictures of your spread and talk about like sticker and stationary hauls and like stuff like that. Um, I was always very into makeup. Like I very briefly had a makeup YouTube channel. Um and uh yeah i was got very into online um fitness coaching as well with an mlm uh that was from like 2014 to like 2017 so like how often were you posting with that kind of stuff daily oh you had to post three times a day Mm -hmm. that was the uh, that was the that was the like the the underlying like that was the general consensus is that if you had a business online, you had to be putting out content three times a day. Mm-hmm. Insane. Insane. Absolutely. It's crazy. And then. Yeah. It's funny. I can spot like a sales post from a mile away. Like I remember there was someone that were that like we have that we both follow where like they started posting something uh, like hinting at something in stories and i was like they're gonna launch a coaching class a coaching course in a week yeah and you were like yep all right mm-hmm. <laughs> see like, what I had could happened see was... it immediately mm-hmm. because it was just so everywhere in like 2015 yeah and then tiktok i feel like because you do you have instagram downloaded still or no no i can access it on my web browser but i don't and i like pet check in here and there mostly for work um but i it's not downloaded on my phone and neither is facebook um i will say though like the impulse to pick up my phone is still there the impulse to Mm -hmm. stare at the screen is still there it's just like i'm not connected to the doom scrolling like like there's a lot of fucked up current events that are happening this week that i like saw very briefly when I had to go on Instagram for work and I was like what the fuck if this if I if I was on line right now if I was truly on social media this would be my whole fucking day Mm -hmm. would just be scrolling and obsessing and agonizing over what was happening yeah and then finding different point of views and then also somebody else like that you follow online, they say something about this, and you're like, "Do I believe that?" Because I usually believe. Or what like, they do say. I do I think less of this person after realizing that they hold a, a view yeah. that I find like disgusting? Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a quite a dance. Um, yeah, I so did get I, on LinkedIn though. That's funny. Oh really? I think I How think the general theme. I don't, I'm just, my boss is, Barry Schwartz, friend of the pod, and my boss is very into LinkedIn, and she's been, we just started talking about it, I was like, I wonder when the last time I was on LinkedIn was, oh, my, none of my New Orleans jobs uh, are on my LinkedIn profile, and the, I was missing, I had missed messages from uh, former coworkers, uh, 
dating back as far as 2019. <laughs> wow. So wait, so are you posting on LinkedIn? No, I, but I'm I'm beefing up my profile a little bit. I'm, I'll uh, what is it? I'll connect. Is that what? Yeah, it's I called? guess. I I'll don't know. I'll connect with you on LinkedIn. I'll connect with you yeah. and Barry on LinkedIn. If you guys are. Yeah. That's the thing. There is money on LinkedIn. Like I know people right. who exclusively find jobs on LinkedIn and like good jobs, you know, and like yeah. it's a thing. As much as it pains me to say, um, it is a thing. Yeah. And also, you can post completely on the computer, which I think in general too, like the general thesis of I would say my year is that I've just like I'm eliminating what I need to eliminate because my focus is on my career. Mm-hmm. Like in a really intense way that I don't think has has been true in the past. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, you're also like growing a lot and doing a lot, and you have a lot uh-huh. going on. And there's a lot of purpose. Yeah, I feel like, but I feel like a lot of like sense of purpose around it that I haven't necessarily felt in other jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So my relationship with my phone, I did not have. So actually, when me and Kayleen met, I did I. You have didn't a know flip your phone. phone? No, you had a cell phone. You did not know your number. Yeah. When I asked for your number, you were like, ah, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I don't know. Yeah. 2016. Um, so I don't think I got like a functioning smartphone until like 2017 because I was just such a little vagabond. Honestly, like you could even call me like crust punk adjacent. I was never like crust punk crust, but I hung out with crust punks, you know? And yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't have phones. I didn't – they liked me. I didn't have a phone. I might have had a flip phone, you know, but, like, I just saw so many people become addicted to them, and I just didn't want it. Um, you could see it. I was just like, I don't know anybody that has a, a smartphone that isn't just, like, scrolling all the time. Uh, so it made me hesitant to get uh, a smartphone, which, like, rightfully so. But uh, after college, I got, like, a social media job. And which is so funny because they're just like, you're young, do social media. And it was honestly really fun. But at that time, you could not post to Instagram with on a desktop. I remember you being very frustrated about that. Yeah, it was really like because I just felt it so, so deeply in my heart that I just didn't want this life. Like I just I still hold this belief that like the magic happens when you're when you don't have your phone um so I mean I feel like me and Kayleen both kind of right now have different reasons for like not liking our phones hers is career and mine is whimsy but I think they both come down to focus and we want to focus on something else um I also just feel like this is like how I feel addict like I define addiction which is like all addictions start as coping mechanisms and when they become unhealthy is when they actively like prevent you from living the life you want for yourself mm-hmm. and mine um, it was I don't want to be a person that stares at my phone for three hours and sits like like I just don't want to be that person yeah yeah I don't feel like, good yeah I don't think many people well, I guess you it used to make you feel good. And I remember at it the did. beginning of the pandemic, me and Kayleen got on TikTok and it brought us so much joy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's screens got out of control during the pandemic. 
because oh, 100%. like you know like i just remember staying up hour after like bedtime and we would just oh yeah we would send TikTok each other tiktoks from the next room and giggle so yeah hard no not even I mean, giggle like belly laugh like almost <laughs> piss my pants laugh like honestly so those are some of my favorite moments you know right which is yeah. just like also social media um so it can really uh it's different it's it, it it all changes and i think everybody has their different moments of like when it starts to impede on your life and you're like do i really have control over this um so i got the social media job i got the smartphone but i didn't have cell service to it but then i think when i moved to colorado i was like fuck it let's do it and so then uh i was planning on getting a full-time job uh, and having my husband do the business. But I met somebody on the street. I've told this story so many times. It's like what like threw me into full time. Uh, I met somebody on the street and he was like, are you a photographer? And I was like, yeah. And then I just got a ton of work for him, like kind of worked for him almost like exclusively pitching projects, traveling. It was amazing. Um, but for that, it was like, OK, we need social media because then we had this like awesome portfolio of this work that we've been doing for the past like year or two and it needed to go somewhere. So it started going on Instagram and we were able to like pretty much find 70% of our clients through like this one hashtag that was like hashtag Denver videographer. And we just posted consistently made stuff like maniacs and we would just have such a like our DMS were, were hot you know, and they had yeah. money and it worked. Um, and then I feel like around the hashtags got different. And then like after they introduced reels and stories and all this like changed it. Right. You couldn't just like lean on this hashtag. But I feel like after that initial like the, it was like a gold rush. And then after that stopped working, I definitely like backed away. And then also like during the divorce and I had to take like Honestly, I had to take I – t- I feel like I took 2019 and 2022 as, like, years of, like, self, like, discovery where I just kind of, like, backed off. And I was just like, we need to focus on our, like, surviving right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, mental and spiritual and physical. Um, so I started posting on TikTok in 2021 – And I really started to go at it, yeah, the November of 2021. And I was posting, like, three times a day. And, yeah, I've met, like, a lot of really cool friends, uh, good community. I've sold things through it. Um, I've developed a lot. I've gotten, like, I've really honed kind of, like, my ideology and my writing style, which feels important to me and who I am. Um, And... I feel like I probably stopped posting. I don't really post a ton. Uh, I probably stopped posting three times a day once I left Florida. So, like, in September. So, it's been, like, a year of, like, you know, posting whenever. Um, so, yeah. Um, I want to – I also want to talk about, like, the impeding on your life because I feel like that's going to be very specific for everybody – And for me, it was never the creation aspect that bothered me that much. 
like when I was like, oh, I should take a photo of this and I can post it. Like that always felt like creative to me and stimulating. The the part that felt draining was the urgency to check my phone and see how a post was doing or the urgency to look at my DMs or uh, or just trapped in a scroll. Um, that never felt good. Oh, yeah. Just kind of like. You're like, get up, get up, get up, yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> and you care. And I think um, the tide is kind of turning on TikTok because people are unable to put it down. And like there's multiple lawsuits from like like I think Utah and some other states that are just like this isn't good for children's mental health, and yeah, that's valid. Um, that's well, I think of it kind of like as like junk food, where like I think a lot of people have been shamed over the course of their lives for like being addicted to like crap food that's not good for you, but like you have like. It's designed to do that. Like, it's designed to... Free- Potato chips are, are like, chemically engineered for you to not be able to stop eating them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like... There's only... Like, discipline is a muscle and every muscle fails after repeated use. And that's the thing. Is like, is it about discipline or is it about setting yourself up so that you don't have to resist things all the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, there's something, stoicism is great, but it's all, like, stoicism is not the same as discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, discipline is, discipline fails. Stoicism is a much more, like, intentional process, I think. And I feel like stoicism is like, yeah, this sucks, but, and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I'm doing this for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I and will do it even like though it's my growth and development. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, it, 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 you know, when you're building a, a new habit, the uncomfortability is kind of what can stop you from doing it. But like, the, ugh, it's just so amazing. Like when you build a habit to the point where like you miss it if you don't do it. Like you can literally, right. you can get addicted to a good habit. I feel that way about the gym I was going to say that, yeah. It doesn't feel right. Like, I've been steadily going to the gym uh, pretty much five days a week since uh, January of this year. And there was, like, one little, like, spurt uh, last month after some travel where I just had, like, a few, like, and, like, with my work schedule as busy season picked up where I missed a few days and I was like, uh, something has to change. I have to change. Like, my, I like this can't happen. Like, I, I can't do. Like, I have to. I have to maintain this. Where in the past, like, I probably like, or if that habit wasn't as ingrained, I would have just let it just mm-hmm. kind of like fall off and let my old, you know, old life take over. Old, old routines reign. It's like, um, is it isn't it Atomic Habits where it talks about. Um, where it talks about like building, like giving yourself a treat, like incentivizing a new habit, mm-hmm. so that yeah. you can like ingrain that. You have to put the you have to put the carrot on the stick, you know. Yeah, because it's like how you're gonna want to do what is most pleasurable, and I feel like we're at a point in society that almost like you know we embrace decadence and hedonism. 
But there's no afterthought to that. You know, it's like, yeah, it feels good in the moment. I mean, it's kind of like sugar. And I know this, like, this. I made this analogy to Kayleen earlier, but, like, cutting out sugar for me, it's kind of like it's allowed me to cut out other things where it's just like, yeah. is this just a momentary high? Is this just dopamine? Is just this a sugar rush? You know what I mean? Is this going to make my bones strong? Or is this just going to give me a fucking cavity? Um, and I feel like the same way about like your phone where it's just like, yeah, it's a rush. Yeah, you can like learn these different topics. But I think I'm really here for the the burn of chronically online. Yeah. Like, like just, ew, sounds like you're chronically online. Like, what the fuck is that? And I, I really think that we are at like a, a nexus, if you will, of like, how are we going to let our phones, social media, the fucking, you know, AI universe, how are we going to let that shape us? Or how are we going to yeah. shape it? Because right now, I also like to point out that it's like shame. I'm reading this book right now. And maybe I don't know if this is like a bro book review. But it's honestly like a, it's a nonfiction. I've been reading more fiction. It's called All About Love. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to pull it up. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. By Bell Hooks? No, no, no. Be Not Afraid of Love. She talks about All About Love by Bell Hooks. Be Not okay. Afraid of Love. And she talks about shame and how people uh, say something is shameful because they think that they are bad, not that they did a bad decision. And, like, separating that between, like, you don't need to feel like I'm a shit person because <laughs> you made bad I know decisions. That, um, you can just be like, I made bad decisions. I know that. I know that she is persona non grata for this podcast, but Brene Brown has a similar philosophy a philosophy about the differentiation between guilt and shame. Yeah. Guilt is I did a bad thing. Shame is I am a bad person because I did this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a po- an, an important thing to distinguish, especially if you're trying to, like, build new habits. And I also feel like uh, self-concept – work is like really important of just like just because I was a person that did that does not mean I need to continue to be a person that does that um yeah I uh, there's there's like there's this interview with I forget the I forget her name but she's this nun this old nun in Louisiana who wrote she wrote or she's like what uh dead man walking is based on where she's this nun who's been fighting the death penalty penalty for a big chunk of her life and like i remember listening to an interview with her where she was just talking about how like no one's no one should be defined by the worst day of their lives mm-hmm. or the worst thing that they did and that always makes like i it just makes me like want to cry listening like hearing it like we have to be like kinder and gentler with ourselves mm-hmm Yeah, and it also, like, you know, with, like, fighting for the death penalty, like, we don't get to pick and choose um, either. And I know I'm definitely guilty of that. And I I know I can very much be like, that's unforgivable. But, like, if you're going to have unconditional love for yourself, you have to have unconditional love for others. Um, And we live in such, like, a harsh and, like, barbaric world that doesn't leave space for, like, 
forgiveness. Yeah, or... there's like very little nuance um, in people's opinions, and we live in a very nuanced and complicated world. I know. I think that's one thing I really like about fiction is uh, I was talking to a friend of the pod about this, Jillian, about this book where she's like, I had to tell people what it's about because they would read it and they'd be fucked up. And I was like, it's one of my favorite books. She said, me too, because it's like you're able to read it and like you have empathy for a character that what you thought you would never have empathy for. Um, all the I think it's a, all the uh, beautiful and wonderful, all ugly and wonderful things, ugly and beautiful things, something like that. Uh-huh. I think it's I think I have a copy at your house. Okay, that sounds right. I can look. Yeah, it's I'll I'll send it to you. Um, it is by Bryn Greenwood, and she is just such like a prolific, beautiful author. Um, and yeah, I think that that is there's so much like to be beholden in like that kind of thinking, and also giving that kind of thinking to yourself. Um, and, like, yeah, like, you can have a plot twist. You can change. Like, just because you did this all the time doesn't mean you need to continue to do this. And I think with, you know, the veil thinning, things getting unexpected, frankly, um, you have the power to kind of, like, change that. Um, yeah. So I also want to note, if you are a business owner um, – and you want to start because I had a friend ask me the other day. Uh, she wants to start a business and she wants to like start a social media for it. And I was just, you know, I was like, it's it's hard for me to recommend this to one of my friends because I know what it takes. Yeah. And it's not I love you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be the one to be like, it's worth it. Sell online. Have your business. Like, no, like. Like, I, like, I'm just like, girl, you have a nice job. You have a steady job. Like, don't, I would not recommend having an online business unless it is something that, like, you really, really fucking want to do. Because it's just, like, the amount, it changes your brain. And, frankly, I just yeah. told her, I was like, I, I don't want you to have to deal with a phone addiction. Because she doesn't even have social media. Um, so, but, I, I mean, I'll tell you guys y'all what I told her um yeah like you have to be like relentless at first and you're gonna have to be honest with yourself that being online that much is going to a affect your mental health and b like you are going to have a phone addiction even if you didn't before like I don't want to curse somebody like that but like you can live your life but like it's 90 percent I would I've never met anybody who's, like, really posting all the time, really, you know, and had, like, a healthy relationship with their phone that they felt good about. Um, I will say, give yourself an allotted amount of time, hit it, and then take a break. You can, like, once you build it, you can rest. I always use, like, the year mark because that's, like, what was true for me when I first started my business, doing, like, these 60, 70, 80-hour weeks for about a year just to, like – stay alive (laughs) you know and just hit the ground running um but then once you have that you can step away and then that's when you can kind of breathe um 
And I and I do think it's a lot better, like, if you use the right tools, like, there are more of yeah, them. Yeah, talk, talk to us about some of that. Uh, like, so, uh, I know that uh, for work, our social media and marketing person uses a, a service called Planoly, um, which is, like, a web browser uh, that lets you schedule all your Instagram posts for as far out in advance as you want with captions, with tags, with everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the photos you want. And so you can really like craft your social media plan that way. And I think it, I think it's beyond just Instagram. I think it's a lot of other social media platforms too. I don't think you can necessarily do that for TikTok, but for TikTok, um, you can, you know, hit those drafts, baby. You know, make a bunch. I also feel like, I mean, a lot of people, like, reuse the same video and put different audio and text on top of it, Mm -hmm. like, for different different purposes. Yeah, it's because you just don't know and then. Don't think you have to be, like, constantly creating new and original stuff all the time. No, you can even, you can repost stuff that you posted a year ago. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, use your tools, um delegate it if you can if it's a thing that you I understand wanting things to feel like they're in your voice but at some point you know if you get big enough you're not going to be able to you're gonna have to trust other people to do that for Mm -hmm. you so yeah um but if you are on the the good fight of managing more you know your phone usage time you're not alone um there is some of us out here and I'm gonna plug because I think this is one of, like, one of the biggest issues that I feel like people just don't want to talk about is, like, how much we're on our phones. And then it's just like, no, we can't say we can't be on our phone because then uh, then it's going to – what is the implication there? Um, yeah. So I am opening some slots for what I've coined a phone sabbatical. And we're – it's like a somatic and pragmatic approach to managing your phone addiction slash phone usage. Um, So it's like one-on-one. I'm offering five slots right now. This is something I really, I I feel like it's like my life's work. I've been working on this for about a year and- It's been a passion project for you for a long time. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like- Before it was trendy to take a social media break. Yeah, because it's just like, We need the break. We need to look it in the eye and, you know, have this discussion with ourselves. And I also feel like when I do these phone sabbaticals where I'm not on my phone for like, you know, days to weeks, uh, I get feral and it feels fucking good because it's also like how much of just touching your phone and constantly checking in with the familiarity of your fucking screen, of your phone, or even your laptop. Like, how much does that keep you grounded to, like, this digital sphere when you unplug and you can plug back into your algorithm? And, like, how fucking feral is it, you know? Like, I don't know. I just, I love, I feel like I feel so, it's it's part of it is boredom. And then part of it, like, filling the extra space when you realize like you don't have to have all of this time on your phone and you're and you're actively trying to stop not using your phone you do stuff like what were you doing Kayleen like paint by numbers yeah I was doing those little um jewel like diamond uh painting kits yeah um 
and then I'm reading. Yeah. Reading books. I like to like and watching I I'm I'm tackling all of the prestige TV shows that I never watched while they were on. I don't even know. So I'm watching what the Sopranos right oh, now. Oh, okay. Nice. James Glenn, James Gandolfini is really hot. Yeah. In a way that I didn't uh-huh. Did not realize until you Oopsie like see him in action. Oof. But yeah. we're also going to be taking a somatic approach uh, with like the dancing outside, breath work, really like doing some release work too to like anchor it in and get to know yourself more. Because I truly do think that the more you know yourself, the easier it is to want to treat yourself well. Um, I, I feel kind of weird about the word self-love because I feel like love, I think we talked about it on the last episode, has been kind of weaponized and, like, commodified. Like, what is love? But, like, no, if you want to treat yourself well. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Um, I don't really have a bro book review. I can talk about, I can talk about this book, actually. Bro book reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. Um, it's not a bro book, I mean, but I think it's worth mentioning. Um, I'm, I don't know how many bro book reviews we'll have because uh, I have been reading a lot of fiction. Uh, it, this is funny. Chapter six, getting to know our ghosts. So this is Be Not Afraid of Love by Mimi Zhu. Lessons of Fear, Intimacy, and Connections. Uh, this is like a pretty gnarly account it's a memoir which i'm usually not very into memoirs but she has she's a practicing buddhist so she's able to kind of like take some steps back and be like yeah this is what happened um be very self-aware about it it's about a like a a a very like abusive relationship like romantic um and it's how she went through all of that and still above all believes in love um, and she talks about something that I think is interesting in parallel to like numbness. And she talks about how it is actually like a survival mechanism and that it allows its patience, right? It's your body's wisdom because you are being numb because you need to like take a step back. You can't process all of those emotions at once. And then your body will allow the emotions to come as they need. And it's like ebbing and flowing. It's not linear. But the thing I feel like where we've kind of got us fucked up is like the phone has kind of left us in a a paralyzed, numb kind of state uh, where you you feel like, yeah, like we were talking about just like trapped almost like on your phone. And while numbness was meant as a survival mechanism to not overload your emotions has become something that – that we it's like day to day right we're seeing like these horrific things on our screens and we're not processing it and we just become numb and we come become numb to ourselves um but like really like that's where like our beauty and our wisdom and our intuition lies is in our body and in our emotions um i'm about halfway through it i she does something I like. I'm listening to it on audio. She like takes a, a breath in and out every time uh, she begins and ends a chapter because it can be really graphic, the kind of stuff that she's talking about. So uh, I would, yeah, 
recommend i would recommend listening to this if you are like pretty mentally stable um this is not a book to listen to or read if you are in like the throes of grief she really kind of delves through grief and she talks about uh how how you know we deny grief we are also denying ourselves joy and and when the more we deny different emotions uh we're denying other emotions as well like yeah like by you can't selectively numb yeah numb things yeah it's like a it's kind of a universal thing it's like if you if you're cutting yourself off from one thing you're cutting yourself up from a lot of mm-hmm. things yeah and i also feel i also feel like you know it's like sweet and sour like you can't really uh enjoy good things to their full intensity if you're not also like feeling the contrast Mm -hmm. yeah um it's it's a good one i recommend it i didn't think i would like it just because i don't really like memoirs that much and honestly this isn't like my favorite topic uh i think it is a really easy one to get very like trauma porny and just like feel weird but like her insight is really uh beautiful and profound and i am pretty i'm pretty moved by it and i would recommend it so yeah uh don't find kayleen anywhere don't find me anywhere i am un i am unfindable yeah it's just on the podcast no announcements yeah I'm just I'm doing phone sabbatical right now and posting pretty much on Instagram. You can uh you can follow my house events if you want to see cool shit that I'm doing. Yeah. Without without following me. Also, if you're if you miss bro book reviews, I would say I've found um there's another podcast called If Books Could Kill mm. that I discovered recently. It's by one of the co-hosts of You're Wrong About. Um and it they rip rich dad poor dad to shreds oh hell yeah what is it called so it's if, like, books I mean, if books could kill oh, that's funny yeah so yeah that's i think they just did one on the four hour work week too did they not like it i think they were just like who the fuck is this guy uh, that's <laughs> like, fair uh, that's yeah. fair that's tim yeah. ferris i like the yeah. stuff that he talks about like setting boundaries with like checking your email and taking calls certain days. But his whole thing is like automating and like Southeast Asia and paying people like two. Yeah. They were like, cool. So, 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 so like wage slavery. Cool. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. But that's the secret of success. Great. (laughs) Looking good gang. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah, I would say they're they're a little they can be a little pedantic and a little heavy on the like skepticism, but it is pr- some of it can be pretty amusing. Yeah, rip the bro books to shreds. Is it only self help bro yep. books or? Uh, no, it's not just bro. It's it's self help in general, but not just like bro productivity books. I think they mm-hmm. delve into some other stuff as well. Yeah, because I I feel like I like some of it. I really do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about Atomic Habits. Uh, there's oh some, yeah, there's some light there. Um, but- I think they purposefully. Oh yeah, okay. The the tagline is the airport bestsellers that captured our hearts and ruined our minds. Oh, that is good. They're yeah. funny. They are funny. How did you find that? 
just because I've been on a big uh, You're Wrong About kick of, like, going through their archives. Mm. Their Princess Diana series was really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, Great. Well, that's our show. Yeah. But... They think they also, yeah, they also do, like, romantic uh, uh, things, and they're both gay, so they're just always like, are straight people okay? Honestly, though. No. <laughs> like, romantic <laughs> books? They do, like, romance self-help. Gotcha. So. Alrighty. Well, that's our show. Uh, have a gay day. Thank you.